just hung up with Vasavi Kumar, today's guest, and I am just buzzing. What a just absolute firecracker human who I am so excited to now call a friend. Vasavi is a therapist and a former TV host turned visibility and confidence coach, but she also recently has been exploring a career in acting and in being on camera and really giving herself over to this kind of childlike, I was going to say childhood, but I'm not sure if that's where it originated, this sort of childlike wonder and this desire to perform. And she's been having the freaking time of her life. And let me tell you, it is so infectious. This conversation goes from the deepest most vulnerable shit. We talk about some of her deeper, darkest secrets that she had to bring out into the light in order to heal. We talk about a lot of my deepest, darkest secrets and how I anesthetized with toxic positivity for a long time and had to do a lot of deep personal work to figure that shit out. And we also were laughing our butts off talking about like, acting and being in acting class and what that might look like and the sort of childlike play that a lot of us lose in our journey to quote unquote success. This conversation is for you. If you want to invite more joy into your life, more abandon, if you want to feel better about forging your own path, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, the core of this conversation, I would say is true confidence. Confidence can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It doesn't just mean you show up into a room and command the room. Confidence actually can be quite quiet. Confidence can simply be a deep inner knowing that you're going to be okay, that you're going to have your own back, that you are willing to explore the things that make you, you. Uh, positive and negative and in all places of the spectrum that you're not just willing, but excited to start inviting the different sides of yourself out into the open to have a conversation to say, what can you teach me today? How can I help you feel more safe? How can I help you feel more seen? Oh, I'm so excited to go back and listen to this whole ass thing. It was so fun and just so full of energy. I know I said this already, but I just, I feel like I'm vibrating, like I'm buzzing with the leftovers of this amazing conversation. And I can't wait for you to walk away feeling this same way too. So with that, no further ado, please welcome my new friend Vasavi to find your magic. Well, Vasavi and I are already best friends. Um, so I said my name right. So <laughs> that, that's it. Check mark one. That is what I need in a best friend to say my freaking name right. Thank you, Kelsey. Great. So far, so good. I'm I'm batting a thousand. I am so pumped to talk to you about this exact thing of the connection between mental health therapy, understanding ourselves communication, 
right? Confidence communication. That is your place that you shine Mm -hmm. and how acting and a career in acting is like this beautiful teacher and sort of container for all of that to safely come out of us. Yes. Okay. So it starts like this last Wednesday. So this was a few days ago for me. I started my first of nine weeks of acting class here in Austin, Texas. I was supposed to deliver. First of all, hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. Hello. Thanks for being here. (laughs) here at your service. I was, um, so in, in my class, we have about nine kids, nine kids. Oh, wow. I'm <laughs> nine adults. Nine. I love, I love that Freudian slip though, because acting makes you, you have to go to that inner playful childlike place in order to actually successfully communicate. You have to take away all of the adulting masks and veneers and teachings. And you have to, you have to. And I, I love that you know this life so well because <laughs> you also studied acting and well, and, and you did act. Um, and probably by the end of this podcast episode, you're going to be like, I'm going to get back into acting. Let me tell you why. So anyway, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was the last person out of all eight of us in the class. I delivered my monologue. My monologue was from the movie, Rachel getting married. Mm-hmm. I played Kim who was played by Anne Hathaway. Kim is an addict who's at an AA meeting. She's nine months clean. She's sharing the story of how she was on a bunch of Percocet and ultimately what happened was she lost control of the car and her little brother died. Okay. Mm. So as I'm reading the script and I'm memorizing it, and then I, I, you know, just was using, um, the method method is what I use. I look at the characters that I'm, 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 I'm looking at and I'm like, where in my life do I have situations in my life that can overlap with the pain of my own, uh, of the character that I'm, that I'm, I'm supposed to be acting. Right. Yeah. So my acting teacher said this to me, I delivered my monologue. Every line was perfect. Right. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. I memorized all my lines and my, my acting teacher, Mona Lee, I love her. She said, Vasavi, you, you just talk over your emotions. Ooh, and she goes, insightful. yeah, she goes in the beginning of the monologue. I felt you, I, I, I felt y- you, I felt the pain of being nine months clean and you're at this AA meeting and you're starting to tell the story of your little brother. She goes, but then you left, she goes, you just mm-hmm. left. And I, I broke down crying because me leaving me, leaving my body, me getting, going from my body into my head is something that I've done my entire life to have to avoid the very depth of my pain. And I got a lot of it. I got a lot of pain. It goes deep, 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 right? All of us do. All of us have that. I'm not, I'm no special. I'm no, I'm I'm not. (laughs) I'm sure lots of people are going to identify with that pretty damn deeply. But I started crying because she, I mean, first of all, my acting teacher, the way she speaks is just so like, oh, she's, she's the mother. I I think I always wanted. I I joked that being in acting class for 10 years was being in group therapy for 10 years. And it's not even that much of a joke because you're forced to, as you said, access these parts of yourself on a regular basis and not just acknowledge them, but show them to other humans. The acknowledging part is the hardest part though, because (laughs) once I acknowledge it and I'm accepting and I embrace it and I am kind. So then I started crying when my my acting coach said that. And she goes, okay, now I want you to deliver the scene. You're crying. These are real emotions because she hit a car. She hit a nerve. She made me realize, man, even after I've been in therapy since I was 12, I am a licensed therapist. Even I 
the therapist has some toxic ass ways. One of them being when it comes to a lot of stuff in my former life when I was an addict and I was using drugs and alcohol very frequently. I'm now almost three years sober in March. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, there's so much shame that I, that I've glossed over. Mm. And, and I thought, Hey, I'm doing great. I'm three years sober. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm not using, I'm, I am happy though. That's the thing. It's like, I am happy. I love being alone. I love, I love the relationship I've cultivated and there's still more. I was going to say yeah. it can be both. I think that is literally the secret yes. of life. I think so many of us think, Oh, when I am sober for a prescribed amount of time, when I have that perfect relationship or when I'm married or when I have kids, then I will be happy always. And like, there's this someday, this mythical someday, right? That I'll be happy when, and the secret of life is you can be happy and right. You can be happy and have so much unacknowledged pain. You can be happy and have trauma boiling right underneath the surface. I say that about confidence though, too, because mm. I think especially as women and entrepreneurs, and we talk about imposter syndrome, we're like, wait, I'm confident in this one area. Why am I feeling insecure? It's like, you're allowed to be confident in one in multiple areas and then have this insecurity that comes up in another area. And instead of being like, oh, I'm a fake and I'm a fraud, mm. which is imposter syndrome. Oh, I must, I must not be worthy of this opportunity. Just be like, that's interesting. That's so interesting that I feel so insecure about this. What's going on? Everything is an opportunity to go deeper within totally. yourself. Period. Totally. So magic makers back when I was freelancing full time and I only had one-on-one -on -one clients, I was in such a pickle because I really didn't understand how I was going to be able to scale my business and be able to actually make money without literally putting more hours in my day. I was so burnt out. I was so exhausted. I didn't know what to do. I hated having to hunt for clients every single month. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you the best thing I did in my business, looking back over the last three years is create a signature digital course. And I host that course on Kajabi. Kajabi is a sponsor of this podcast, but I would talk about them till the cows come home anyway, because they literally completely changed the way that I do business and have allowed me to pursue the projects that I really want to pursue because I just make money on autopilot. Now my course is out into the world. It was so easy to create and launch because not only do they have the best customer support I've ever seen in my life, but you can actually build marketing funnels and email funnels and like anything that you can possibly think of that you would need as a support for your online course, it's already on Kajabi and they show you exactly how to do it. So if you're like me and you're technology averse, Kajabi is literally the best option for you. And I shopped around and I am so happy I landed with Kajabi. It's the number one most trusted knowledge commerce platform for a reason. So if you want a 30-day free trial, head to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi. That's kelseyformost.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I.
Vasavi, I would love, because you are a licensed therapist and you have such an incredible lexicon and ability to describe feelings and how it feels in our bodies. I would actually love to get your take a little bit deeper on what exactly is imposter syndrome? Because I feel like we hear that term so much Mm -hmm. and we think it's going to be obvious, but for myself, I think imposter syndrome is actually quite subtle Mm -hmm. sometimes and hard to recognize. So I'd love if you maybe expand on imposter syndrome, how it might feel, how it might show up. Best way to describe, and I can only speak for my body, right? Sure, but I, sure. I, I think many of us can relate to this. When I feel imposter syndrome, it is this uh, terror of people are going to think, who the fuck is that? My fear is my throat gets choked up. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I have no words that want to come out. That mm-hmm. If they want, they're stuck. And I feel like people are going to wonder, who the hell is she? to get that. Who the hell is she to be talking about that? It's a, who the hell is she? And I know where this stems from having been in a lot of therapy. It's just from a young age, just uh, being one of the brightest in in the class and teachers being like, give other kids a chance. Or you talk too much. Or you Oh yeah. Start playing small. What it feels like is just a, if everything that I have done and everything that I have worked for up until this point is still not good enough. It's like, oh, there's still something missing. It's Mm -hmm. still not good enough. I am still not worthy of this. Mm -hmm. And it's so deeply embedded. I can feel it throughout my entire body. It's, I like, love to describe it as it's the perfect blend between the deep desire to be seen and to, and to accomplish those things and get promoted and be on the cover of this. And it's that deep desire for visibility. And at the same time, both, and it is this, oh shit, people are about (laughs) to see me. Both can exist. I'm so happy you say both and. Yes, yes, yes. Because in therapy, what I love is internal family systems. Okay. IFS for anyone doesn't know it's parts therapy, which says that inside of us, we have many different parts to ourselves. We have the exile. We have the parts of ourselves that we have exiled. We don't let anybody see. For me, I don't like people to see when I feel worthless. Mm. If I'm scared, if I'm anxious about, I don't like people to see that. I shut that part of myself up. Deal with it, Vasavi, privately. Or in the past, I would drug myself up, medicate that, right? Now I openly talk about it. I'm talking about it, right? Yeah. We have this other part of ourself that manages the exile. That's the high functioning. Oh, we got to just keep everything together. Don't let any balls drop. She's my loudest one. (laughs) Yes. And then you have the firefighter and the firefighter is just a hyper version of the manager. Who's just always like, okay, we, we, okay. We got to make sure it's like a, it's like a manager on overdrive. And that's, you know, we're all just walking around with very dysregulated nervous systems because we don't feel safe in our bodies. We Mm -hmm. don't feel safe in our bodies because there are parts of ourselves that we have not tended to. And every time something or someone out there or a thought or a memory creeps into our mind, that part of ourselves that hasn't been addressed is like heightened. And instead of being like, wow, what's going on? We're like, ooh, let me stay away from this opportunity. Let me not have this difficult conversation because I'm scared now. Mm, yes. 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 I, oh my God. The firefighter, the manager and the and exiled. The exiled. I, I joking, I jokingly say 
but I'm very dead ass serious. When you start to really cultivate and nurture every single part of yourself, something beautiful happens. You get to be the parent for yourself that you never had. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking on anyone's parents. I know every, or caregivers. I know everyone is just trying to do the best they can. Right. But I, I, I said this the other day, I'm a better mother to myself than my own mother was. Yeah, I'm kinder and gentler, still firm because I am a first generation Indian immigrant. My mom is, <laughs> my mom is a scary ass Indian woman. She is. I'm still terrified to this day. I even talk about her in my comedy set. She's. I'm. I'm. Four, I'm about to be forty. I'm still terrified of her. I still lie to her sometimes. Little white lies. <laughs> Seriously, the eight-year-old in me is like, "Hell no, I'm not going to tell her shit." But that's a boundary. We we call that a boundary. I was going to uh, say, I feel like every adult human, especially adult women, we know yeah. what's not necessarily safe. That makes it sound um, safe. You are. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Like we just we're just doing a little self-care by omission, you know. <laughs> Listen. Uh, yeah. Tell, you, tell yourself the truth. Tell your friends, tell people that you feel safe with, and you don't need to tell every single thing to your, mm-hmm. to your parents. Like it's called privacy, it's called boundaries. But what, what, I, what I want your audience and, you know, the listeners to really hear, especially, you know, as you're marketing your business, as you want to be more vocal, you want to connect with your audience on a deeper level. You want to start talking about things that, that really show all the different parts of you, right? Because I'm sure you know this, Kelsey, when people hire you, when you want to hire someone, you want to know who are you as a person, not what can you do for me while that's important, the services that we provide, but who are you as a person, right? What are your values? How do you look at life? How do you speak? What, you know, who are you? And And that is big work. That is big ass work. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is scary and brave to take on that work. I applaud anybody who's doing it. And it's so, if it's the only way to be truly successful in life and to truly be seen and to give your gift to the maximum capacity Mm -hmm. that you can, it's inescapable, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. You, you, you can, if you wanted to bypass doing that work, I say this, if you don't want to do the inner work as an entrepreneur, as a human, you, Mm -hmm. you absolutely can live your entire life, never having addressed any of your beliefs. Most people do that. Most people die having not really known the core essence of who they are. Most people it's sad. And if you have the privilege, the time, the luxury to be able to spend this much time with yourself, then give yourself give every single part of yourself a fighting fair chance in being visible because you never know who you can help. And and that's the shift in perspective. Kelsey is like, instead of what will people think, Hey, someone out there can really benefit from hearing this. That's it. Yeah. And that really takes away imposter syndrome circling back. Right. That is the, that is the, uh, solution. I, I love giving solutions, but it, you know, here's the thing. People want to hear solutions of like, oh, I should just post more videos or maybe I just need to have a script or no, none of that. Your mm-hmm. script will, your script will work through you and move through you from God, from the, your higher power universe. Yeah. Don't worry about the words coming out of your mouth. When you are connected with yourself and your core essence of who you are, everything else will follow. I love that. So what are some things that people who are hearing this and nodding and going, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to start to do this work. Where are some places that people might be able to start? Okay. This is a great question. I'm going to offer 
one thing to do, two things to do behind closed doors and one thing to do on camera. If, mm, because yeah. I know most of your listeners are on social, they're marketing themselves, they have, they have podcasts, YouTube channels, all the good stuff. They, they want to help others. So behind closed doors, I'm going to keep it simple, is um, whatever, whatever conversations you're having with yourself. So this is where people may think, oh my God, she's crazy. The voice is in your head. You know about this, Kelsey. Oh, you know about I know them intimately. And I actually read a really interesting study that said creative people often actually have conversations out loud like imaginary conversations. So if you are one of those people who like imagines a situation with your ex and has the conversation out loud while you're cooking, like literally like you will, like I will start to get really agitated. Like I will full on, (laughs) full on have like a completely imagined fight. But, and I thought I was crazy. I thought it was completely crazy, but I heard- through like, I don't even remember where I heard it, but it's some study that, um, creative people and, uh, empathetic, like highly sensitive people will do this often. And what it is, is you're processing something inside you that you don't quite know how to process like internally, and you have to get it out of your body. And the only way that we can do it is by putting it in a container. We understand like a fight with our ex-boyfriend. And so when you're doing that and you're talking it out, you're actually working through something that needs to be worked through because your brain does not know the difference. That's what's so incredible. And I bet you're going to say more about that, that your brain uh, does not know the difference between what the conversations you're having with yourself and the conversations you're having out in the world. dream about people coming to your website and telling you, I cannot wait to work with you. I've been looking for this forever. I feel like I already know you. Can I please pay you to help me? Or maybe you just want to feel more confident when you sit down to write something for your business, knowing your words aren't just evaporating into the ether of the internet, but instead are connecting with your ideal customers. Look, after years as a freelance copywriter, I can very confidently tell you that no matter what business you're in, great copy turns words on the page into dollars in the bank, just like magic, which is why I want to make sure you know that my signature course copy class is currently open for enrollment. Now, here's the thing. You can hire a professional copywriter. But honestly, that could cost you thousands and it just doesn't make sense to hire someone every freaking time you need to write something for your business, which is why I specifically designed copy class for non-writers, entrepreneurs who want to learn to write their own high converting copy without breaking the bank or spending hours staring at the blinking cursor of death. Copy class covers everything you need to know from the psychology behind why certain writing works to honing in on your actual ideal customer, aka people who are truly going to give you their monies, to how to write a website that converts start to finish, and finally, how to send emails that convert and sell. So if you want to learn more about copy class, see what's inside, and hear from past students, head to kelseyforemost.com slash 
copy class. That's kelseyforemost.com slash C-O-P-Y-C-L-A-S-S. First of all, there, this is a judgment-free zone. Second of all, I'm laughing because, oh my God, I like clockwork. Every time I'm making my almond milk latte in the morning, <laughs> as I'm waiting and I'm feeding my dog and I stand at the kitchen counter and I went through a very bad, horrible breakup. Uh, mm-hmm. I was married, divorced, then got into another relationship, ended up in rehab, got into another relationship with a man who really kind of saved me from despair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up getting engaged. It didn't work out. And I often find myself cursing him out at mm-hmm. 7 a.m. out loud in my kitchen with my dog just staring at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I will say things like, yeah, and that's why you're like this. And that's why, you're, and I'm like, and then I literally go, Vasavi, what are you doing? It's 7 a.m. Ha- and I just, la- now I've been laughing, but I will, yeah. they're either imaginary scenarios, but more often than not, they're not imaginary. They're, they are things What you about wish this- you'd said, yeah. There are things that I wish I said, they were, there are uh, things about him that trigger me so deeply and as I've been gentler with myself, what I'm realizing is that I am so disappointed that that relationship didn't work out. And I don't want to be with that disappointment. So what I do is I turn it into anger. So then I have power. Yeah. I feel powerful. Mm. And so I, I love that you talked about saying it out loud. I I don't know if you know this. My podcast is called Say It Out Loud with Vasavi. No, I forgot that. But yes, now yes. that you say it. Oh my gosh. I also, have a book, I also have a book coming out spring of 2023. Um, I just signed with New World Library. Who published That's exciting, Vasavi. And the name of the book is called Say It Out Loud. So I am love the Say It Out Loud this. queen. Love yes. this. Yeah. So I, I love these conversations that we're having. I want to go back to the tips that I want to give your audience. And Please. it is simple. And like, yes, this is how simple it is. I, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 19 years old. So wow. when you're given uh, a label or a diagnosis of the mind, you can either be like, okay, I'm screwed for the rest of my life. I'm just going to take all these medications and whatever, or you can do what I did. And I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm kind of proud of myself. I said, you should be. Okay. I said, thank you. I said, okay, <laughs> Mr. Psychiatrist, I'll get on your cocktail of lithium, lamictal, topamax, topamax, risperdal. What else did I take? I'll gain the 45, 50 pounds when I'm 19, 20 years old. That's what I did. I was on meds, yeah. but I went to Barnes and Noble and I read a book on bipolar disorder and it talked about on a spiritual level, bipolar disorder is the conflict between your higher self and your ego, right? We say mania and depression. It's your conflict. It's the bipolarity between these extremes. And so I have set out in my life to just come back to a feeling of oneness within myself. I've taken a lot of paths, drugs, alcohol, men, all sorts of different things. And I'm finally finding my way back. And I, I don't want to ever say, oh, I found myself back to myself. I found my way back, but I feel pretty damn good about who I am. As you should. Yeah. Thank you. So the number one thing that has helped me is to say it out loud, whether you're having these angry ass conversations out loud about your ex while you're waiting for your latte, or you're you're worried about something. You're like, oh man, I'm nervous about money. I don't know if I'm going to get any new clients this month. Like hear the trepidation, say it out loud. And when you actually say it out loud, you can distance. It's called self distancing. You Mm. can distance yourself from that part of yourself. You transcend the ego viewpoint. So then you can be kinder instead of being like, told you you should have gotten paid ads on Instagram. Told you no one one wants to work with you. You don't need that voice in that moment. You can be like, listen, 
I get it that you're nervous. Let's sit down. And why don't we look at all the money coming in, all the money coming out. Let's make a plan for ourselves. Yeah. Now, some of y'all might be like, that's so cheesy. I don't want to talk to myself that way. <laughs> oh, okay. So you want to keep beating yourself up? Great. How's that working? For exactly. You? What's the alternative guys? I would rather be a sap. <laughs> and, and I was, I was, I wrote this in my comedy set. I used to be that girl that would be like, I don't like exclamation points. I'm not an exclamation point. I'm a period girl, right? Because I always <laughs> used to say exclamations were like too happy. That's where I was mentally in my life that I never thought happiness was possible for me. I always thought I used to say to my father, I'm going to be a tortured soul for the rest of my life. Because wow. you have all these voices in your head, it's torture. Yeah, And it is. so I have found my way of healing is to mm -hmm. say it out loud. That's number one, have conversations with yourself out loud. You have many different voices inside of you. Choose exactly. And conversations can be positive too, guys. Like they don't have to be negative. It does not have to be negative at all. <laughs> so the second thing is, um, as an added bonus, have those conversations and have them in front of the mirror. Yes. This reminds me of Louise Hay. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with Louise Hay's of work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if anybody isn't familiar, Louise is no longer with us, but she was a real pioneer in terms of thought, like the power of thought. And mm -hmm. one of the exercises that I learned from her book and her workshops is mirror work, which is exactly what Vasavi is talking about. And it feels so fucking weird the first time you do it. And you're like, this is crazy. And for me, my personal experience was I found it really difficult to maintain eye contact with myself, hugely difficult. And I was like, Hmm, okay, let's be, let's be curious about this. Why do mm -hmm. we think it's hard to maintain eye contact with myself? And, you know, a lot of exploration ensued that was all incredibly valuable, but give it a shot. Like I really challenge you guys when you, I love how you're like, I was scared to look in my eyes, but give it a shot for you. But like, but truly, <laughs> I no. mean, it feels weird. I want to take that, you know, you're not going to go look in the mirror and give yourself a pep talk and heal in 20 minutes. No, like, but what you can do as you look at yourself in the mirror is say the thoughts that you have about yourself out loud. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh man, my hair is getting gray. God damn it. I have lines on my forehead. I don't like this angle. My nose is bigger in this angle. Like what are all, so uh, it, it, it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if you say out loud, the thoughts that you're thinking, as you stare at your reflection, you literally have a starting ground. You have a, yeah. you have a, you have a place to start. Oh shit. I'm not nice to myself. Yeah. It's like, it's beautiful. You can, you can actually reparent, rewire, re-raise yourself. You can. Yeah. Saying it out loud, looking in front of the mirror as someone who um, I used to keep the lights off in the bathroom um, because I thought I was the, I, I was so ashamed of how much cocaine I was using. And I was mm. telling everyone to live their best life. I've been in business for 11 years. I used Coke uh, for about four of those years in my business. Wow. wow. Yeah, later That's on in my so business. fascinating. So I was leading a very double life. I openly talk about this. Like I, you know, if you go back to 2000. I find this inspiring because I think that there's so many people who aren't willing to show that the struggle behind the scenes and admit after the fact, like, yeah, I was on fucking drugs for a lot of the time. Doesn't mean the things that I was saying were wrong or unhelpful. I still helped a lot of people, but 
here's my truth. I was on Coke. (laughs) This this is what I want your audience to hear, right? You know, what's your version of cocaine, right? Because how many of y'all, I'm going to just call everyone out because I call myself out here. How many of y'all preaching all this shit to all your audience and you're not practicing it? How many of y'all are talking about self-love and self-talk and this and this and this, but you're not fully practicing that. I'm not shaming you. I'm just not shaming you. It's just an opportunity to look and close the gap between what you're saying, what you're doing and who you're Mm -hmm. being with yourself. Yes. Yes. I I love the term embodiment Mm -hmm. because I think that there is such a deep connection between how we feel in our bodies, what's going on in our bodies and how we show up in the world. And for me, that's sort of where my disconnect has always been. If if something felt bad in my body, I would Mm -hmm. sort of just ignore it, press it down and be Susie sunshine. Right. Mm -hmm. So in my past, like I would say five, 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a little bit more recently though, if I'm super honest, toxic positivity was my cocaine. Oh, wow. I I didn't know that about you. Well, now I'm learning. Yeah. A lot of people probably didn't know that about me, but in a lot of self-exploration, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me of like, everybody has something Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's a literal drug and sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit more questioning to understand, okay, what's my, what's my anesthesia, right? Mm. What am I using to dull the pain? You know, I'm like in this, I'm like hanging on to everyone. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, no one can see us on zoom, but I'm literally hanging on to every word. And I'm like, anesthesia, that's a good way to describe it. Oh, thanks. Good. I love words. No. <laughs> no, but this is, no, this is great. What is your drug? What is your anesthesia? And, and the toxic positivity for you seems like it was having an effect on what, what was it having an effect on? Oh God, everything. I mean, staying in relationships for way too long, uh, would be the most obvious one for me. Um, unhealthy relationships. I I should put the asterisk there. (laughs) You you know, it's like toxic positivity when it's like, especially in a relationship, I can relate to this Kelsey where I'm just (laughs) out of my nose. I'm laughing because I'm like laughing at this, but it's like, that's how you know it's good. If you're blowing snot out your nose, it's a good day. (laughs) It's like, things will be so good. Sorry, things are so awful in the relationship, but you just hold on to these like moments that you have. Like, oh, oh remember God. the one time we did that road trip? Oh, see, he is a good guy or she is a good guy or whatever. Yeah. That's how you, that's how I knew I'm like holding on to the, I do that in relationships too, is when it's so bad. My mm-hmm. body feels so, I feel so invisible when I'm around this person. I feel oh so God, unheard yeah. when I'm around this person. You talk over me. Mm-hmm. You're not actually listening to a word you say, but oh man, remember that really great Italian dinner that we had last week? <laughs> oh, we must be a good fit for each other. You paid. It must be great. You paid for dinner. You must love me. You're not that bad. Oh my gosh. Oh, and shit. just so many toxic disney things that we think make somebody a good partner that have absolutely nothing to do with emotional intelligence. Um, that is a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> it's so no, true. 100%. But I think if we go full circle to how we started, how this ties into entrepreneurship, yeah. the acting, the, the onstage confidence, uh, the on-camera confidence, everything boils down to spend some quiet time, a lot of quiet time with yourself and ask yourself, what do I not want people to see? 
about me. Another yeah. question, a better question, Steve Martin actually asked this question, you know, father of the bride, Steve Martin. Yeah, love him. I, I, I was learning from him in masterclass on comedy. And I love this question. I love this question. He says, as you develop your persona, your artistic state, who do you want to be on stage? Ask yourself, who am I at my best? At my literal best, I'm being my version of Sasha Fierce, right? Beyonce at her best <laughs> on stage is we know what Beyonce is like. She's she's phenomenal. She's that's God energy. That's yeah. not even human at that point. She's not totally, even totally. So I've been thinking about that question, and I really want to ask. I want your audience to ask themselves that question. I want all of us is who are we at our best? What are we What are we saying? How are we feeling? How are we presenting? What are we wearing? What's our body language like one thing that I realized that as a comedian I'm actually very much like a Lucille Ball mm. and Carol Burnett I love oh, to use Carol Burnett movie. Carol Burnett is the oh. most unsung hero I freaking love her she is the goddess to end all goddesses god she's she's no one ever talks about how genius Carol Burnett is she's a genius you know she has the longest laugh ever recorded on television Sorry, this is such a tangent. No, I want to, I, you need to send this to me. Oh I my God. She is the longest laugh ever recorded on live television. It was on the Carol Burnett show, the variety show that she did. And it was this iconic moment where she was making fun of Gone with the Wind and the curtain dress. And she walked down the stairs, these sweeping stairs of Tara, the, the plantation where she was. And she had a straight up curtain rod through her shoulders. And the dress was the curtains like wrapped around her body like a bathrobe. And she just luxuriated in the moment. And she took the longest ass time walking down these stairs and the audience is dying laughing and it is the longest laugh ever recorded on live television i fucking I'm love carol burnett thank you <laughs> thank you well when i think about my spirit animal that's who that is it's lucille ball it's carol burnett it's women that got really a lot of shit for being physical right mm -hmm. physical with their bodies because in our True. society and, and in most societies Women are supposed to be still. We cross our legs. We don't move our bodies too much. We need to be poised. And all my inner child wants to do on stage is, I want to be like this. I want to fling my legs around when, I, when I'm telling my set. I have, a, I have a whole bit in my set where I talk about jackhammering against my hands when I masturbate. You know how badly <laughs> I want to make a drill sound? Like, da, 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 da. I'm practicing... <laughs> The, my comedy coach was like, Vasavi, when you, when you do your type five, your five minute set, practice it in different voices, use hand gestures, and I'm doing it, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing that. And then the voice comes in. You can't let people see your body that out of control. And then Ooh. that's a place for me to, oh, I'm afraid to let people see my body out of control. What is that about? Hmm. Oh. I've never really felt in control of my body ever since I was a kid. I disconnected from my body probably four years old, five years old. Wow. You know, because I grew up in a, in a, in a very chaotic household. Uh, it, it was, yeah, I grew up in a chaotic household. I dealt with it by just floating off. Yeah. That's how I dealt. Okay. Mom is screaming at the top of her lungs. I'm just going to pretend like this is not, a, I floated out of my body. Yeah. When I was a kid, Kelsey, I would say to my father, 
I feel like I have a camera following me around everywhere. Hmm. I now know that that camera that I'm referring to is my observer self. I was so aware of my own awareness at a young age. But what I realized when I asked myself that question, who am I at my best is um, the, the, who I, who I am at my best actually brought out the very worst cynic in me, which, so that's why it's such a good question to ask yourself, who am I at my best? What do I look like, feel like, whatever? Because the minute you start to like ask your brain better questions, you'll start to hear these, all the critics, oh, you can't do that, all that. And then you get to address it. You get to address it because no one else got to address it. Everyone else was too busy living their lives. No one had the time for you. That's okay. That's okay. Let it go. Let it go. Forgive, move on. Now you get to focus on yourself. And also understand that it is safe to do that, Mm -hmm. right? Like you are the boss of you and you know, when you feel unsafe versus feeling uncomfortable, right? And sometimes that means that you need to call in a professional third party. You need a a therapist, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. Love therapy. Mom's a therapist, been in therapy for a long time. Vasavi's a therapist. We love therapy. Sometimes you do need a guide or, you know, a system to help you through. And that's great. Ask for help when you need it. But the point being, it's going to feel really scary but know that you also have your own back, right? Like you are safe in your own body. You are safe with yourself. That's where you develop and that's how you develop. People always think confidence is a feeling. It's not a feeling. It is a skill that you build. One way that you can build your confidence is by attuning to your own energy. When you're feeling hungry, feed yourself. When you got to pee, stop holding that in. Go pee. It's the little, little things. Instead of outsourcing the responsibility of self-love to other people, you say, I am going to love this shit out of myself. I don't know if you can relate to this, Kelsey, but you know, when I was in a relationship, I love, I'm a, I'm, I'm a romantic. I'm a, I'm a, I'm ruled by Venus. I'm a Taurus. I am an Aries moon, Sag rising. I love all things beauty. I'm mm-hmm. a hopeful romantic. Touch mm-hmm. the small of my back and I am putty in your hands. Okay? <laughs> and when I got out of a relationship, I, there's so many things that I wanted to do. I wanted to go see live music, all the things that I would want to do with my, with my man, with the partner. Right? Mm-hmm. Confidence for me now in my relationship and I'm just getting back out to date again. I just got on Bumble. Okay. Let's see oh my God. Happens. Literally me too yesterday. Okay. By the way, <laughs> when I match with someone, I send them a voice message through the app. And if they don't send me a voice message back, I unmatch because you have not risen to the level of my communication in the first go. That is a really interesting opener invitation. Yeah. I love I just, that. I, I might just right have in. to give that a go. Yeah. When I match with someone, I say, Hey, it's Vasavi. So nice. I send them a voice message. Anyway, I forgot where we were. Oh, here's where we were. Now all the things that I wish, you know, I would love to do with a partner. Like tonight, I'm going to go see live music on a patio. It's a beautiful day here in Austin. These are all the things that have now helped develop confidence for me getting back out and dating. I don't Mm -hmm. need to be with somebody. I can, I'm actually my best boyfriend, to be honest. I'm the best boyfriend to myself, but because I can give myself now all the things that I've expected partners to give me, I'm no longer approaching dating as, oh, do you love me? Can you love me? Will you the you know, will you be the one to wine and dine me? Or are you going to be the, no, because I do that shit for myself. So that's mm-hmm. why like 
in every area of your life, when it comes to your business, when it comes to your health, you as a, as a whole, when you take full responsibility for giving yourself everything that you want from another person, you start to develop that trusting yourself. Yeah. That I can, I can, I can, I can take care of myself no matter what happens. That's right. That's right. I'm man. We are very in sync, Vasavi. I literally this morning we have was- angry conversations with our. <laughs> No, you know, yeah. you know you angry, but healing, angry, but healing. I, yeah. so this morning in my meditation, I, I do a morning meditation, mm-hmm. um, every day or I try to, and I was looking around, I just moved to Santa Barbara and I'm, I was looking around my apartment and I finally have everything sort of put together. I've been here for a couple of months now and I loved looking around and being like, I created this safe, warm home for myself. And now I know forever that I am capable of doing that. Mm. Right. No matter if I end up with a partner and it doesn't work out, if I have to start over again, it's okay now because I've already done it. Like I've already gone through having to do it for myself. And that's honestly the only way through. And it can be as small, like you said, it can be as small as peeing when you got to go pee or, you know, eating a healthy meal or taking yourself outside for a walk and a little sunshine. It's, it can be in the smallest things and it can be in the biggest things of literally creating your own home. It's the most empowering thing I think I've ever had that light bulb go off of, oh, I've already done it. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. forever. I know that I'm capable. And that safety that you now have and the trust in yourself, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Now, as you, if you're getting back out and dating, I don't know. Are you? I am. I am. Oh oh, yes, yes, yes. You did say (laughs) that about Bumble. I I think I'm scarred from Bumble like forever. So I just kind of like ignore it whenever I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, you're doing this online dating thing. Okay. Um, but now that as you go, you go back out and start dating, you can also discern, right? Because you know, oh my no God, it's what, so fast. It's now so, so fast. much faster. It's churn and burn, baby. Like and here's another thing. <laughs> here's here's what I said to someone on another podcast interview. I was on Heather Young, her podcast, um, So She Slays. I was on our podcast. We were talking about this. People see women like, like, like me. I, I, I don't want to speak for you. People see women like me and they're like, man, how'd she get that way? She seems a little, you know, how she gets so, why is she like so hard? And it's like, no, first of all, I'm not hard. I live with conviction. Second of all, if you knew what I went through in my life, you would understand why I am the way I am, which is pretty damn awesome, which is I have boundaries and I have standards and I refuse to make excuses for myself or for other people. So like with the discernment, when it comes to dating, if I feel it, if I feel like, Ooh, like I I went on a date with this guy referred to his ex-girlfriend as crazy. That's a no for me ever again, never again. You spend the entire time not asking me a single question. We're done. I'm not here. I'm not your emotional rehab center. I'm not here to train you how to treat me. I can show up as myself. I'm not saying I need you to be perfect as you are. But I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, let me just give him another chance. It's like, no, mm-hmm. Vasavi, if life has taught you anything, when people show you who they are, believe, believe them. them. 
That is what I have learned. And that is why it's like, yo, you want to be that way. That's great. You're not for me, period. Well, and also believe yourself. And this, this is, is something why, that, yeah, this- Do you live go. alone, by the way? I do live alone, yeah. Okay, so here's another thing. When you learn to love the shit out of your solitude and oh you God. love being with yourself, this is what I jokingly say. My solitude is so good that you need to be as good as my solitude, if not more, in right. order for me to let you into my life. That's right, as good or better. That is that is the standard. I um, This ties perfectly into what we were just saying but dating is one of the scariest, but most obvious places for me now or where I can practice believing my body. Because when I am talking with someone, even if it's just texting, I can feel whether I am intrigued, excited, um, whether there's that witty banter or curiosity to know more about a person versus I'm just sort of continuing this conversation and I'm like lobbing the ball over the net and he's just not hitting it back. And it doesn't feel good in my body. It's actually a very physical reaction. And it is so hard as a recovering people pleaser to not be like, I'm just going to lob one more ball over the net. I'm just, I'm just going to give him one more, one more love. Throw him another bone and see if he gets <laughs> Exactly. It exactly and now the the time between the the action and the reaction is getting shorter which feels better but dang it takes practice it is hard it is hard stuff I really appreciate how you you said that like dating has become a place where you can really practice seeing like oh am I listening to my body and like you know really paying attention to those cues also, side note, I love that you said lob because I am a tennis player. So I'm like, oh, look at her using these tennis references. Here, here's what I want to say about dating. I know we didn't start off talking about dating, but here's what I want to say because this is with anything in life. Replace relationship with money. Replace relationship with body image. Anything that you want, you yeah. want it so bad, okay? Here's what I have found. My life, when I keep it full, and I don't mean full as in busy, People think I'm busy. I'm like, I'm not busy. I'm focused. And I have a few things that I focus on and I focus on all of them and they're all connected and they help different parts of me. I have my acting. I'm writing my one woman comedy show. I have my manuscript, have my podcast, my business. I do these interviews, my social life. Mm -hmm. My life is full and it's full with things that I love. I have created this life. And when you take that kind of ownership for your life, Every single aspect, just like you said, with your house, my bathroom is the way I want it to be. My fridge looks the way I want it. I just made fresh hummus. I did that. Uh, when you take full responsibility for how every single aspect of your life looks like, and on a deeper level, how you speak to yourself about yourself, you're not as thirsty and desperate about all the other things outside of you. That's so true. You get what I'm saying? I'm not desperate for a man. Listen, if, if I find a guy who can intellectually stimulate me, cool. I'll give you a chance. And it's like, it's like, cool, but it's not like, oh, I need that because I've spent so much time creating this thing called my life. And that's what I want your audience to really get is like in whatever area of your life, it is all areas of your life, give the attention, nurture every area of your life, every part of your life. And in order to do that, you got to have conversations with yourself about those areas of your life. 
because it's so easy. You know this, you're on Instagram. It's so <laughs> easy to get caught up on six figures, this figures, that figures. Let me oh, share yeah, something. Yeah, this, yeah. Is my low, this month has been my lowest income month ever in my business because I have transitioned from doing long-term one-on-one coaching. I do VIP days. I do consulting now, mm-hmm. but I am a writer and an actor and a comedian. And that is how I am introducing myself to people. Yeah, It is the, it is, I am, I, I realized this a few weeks ago, Kelsey, that for 11 years of my life, I've been out of integrity because I chose this path of being a coach because I always thought that that was how I could feel useful is by helping other people fulfill their dreams. I don't regret my 11 years of coaching. If, if someone needs my help, I will gladly book an hour session with them. And I will be like, great. You want to do a three hour session, one hour session, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But my soul searching, and I think a lot of this is because I'm turning 40. I'm like, you know, what do I really want to do? It's like, oh, yeah. I want to act. I want to do comedy. I want to do voiceover. My dream job would be Disney Plus to hire me for a, 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 a cartoon character of a <laughs> first generation Indian girl navigating the US. And I get to, I can talk like this, but I can also talk like this because I'm from New York, <laughs> right? So at my point, I was thinking, what would be my dream job? So mm-hmm. I listened to that. I listened to that part part of myself, you know? Yeah. I did that by talking out loud. Yeah. Oh, ooh. you can't listen to yourself unless you talk to yourself. And guess what? When you talk to yourself, at least, you know, someone's listening. Hey, you, know <laughs> <laughs> you talk to, at least, you know, somebody listening. That's, that's great. That's right. You're right. Oh my God. Oh, but what I was going to say is being on Instagram. Sorry. I have ADHD, but I always come you're back. You're good. You're good. On Instagram. It's so easy to get caught up in the six figures, this figures, that figures. And what I was going to say is this has been my lowest income month and I am the happiest, most aligned, more in nature, more uh, confident. I'm always, I've been very confident. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much confident all the time, but I'm confident in my decision. Mm-hmm. It's not just like outward. I'm, I trust that this decision that I'm making to switch over into my more creative pursuits is the right decision. And I know yeah. that. So I refuse to let my self-worth be tied to a fucking number. Yeah. I refuse to look at my bank account or see the money coming in, money going, and thinking that my worth is tied to that. Absolutely not. Well, and beyond the money, I think that we seek external definitions of success because then we can actually work towards something, which means we have control over it. Right. What's your human design? Oh, oh gosh. Episode two, I had a human design expert on, I think I'm a generator. Okay, perfect. So am I, so we can talk about that. (laughs) No, it'll be like, I I don't know the other ones. I just know generator. (laughs) The sign for me that I'm like on the right track is that I'm satisfied, Mm. period. If I'm satisfied and I feel fulfilled in what I'm doing, then that is what I need to be paying attention to. Money does not motivate me at all. It does not, I mean- let me say this. I love money, but it is, <laughs> I, I will not do something just because I'm getting paid for it. I right. have to be excited first. That is like the hallmark totally. of a generator. We have to be excited about it first. If I'm not excited, I can not do doing it. it. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. If I'm not excited, I can do it because I, I can push myself. I'm, I, I know how to push myself but I'm going to be very exhausted and miserable end. and depleted. Oh my God. I know yeah. it's why it's why I had such a non-traditional career path my entire life, because I tried, I tried so hard to like, just even have a little bit of desire to have a stable, stable quote unquote, in today's society's definition 
office job and I was miserable and I had all kinds of health problems. And I think a lot of people can identify with that because if you're listening to this, chances are you're forging your own path. Yeah. So you are in a safe space. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I tell anyone who says like, oh, I don't know what I want. I have so many ideas. I don't know where to begin. What strategy do I use? And here's the question that people don't want to hear. Who are you? Tell me about you. Stop telling, I mean, if, and, or I, I, when, when people say, I don't know what I want, I say, well, who are you? Because what you want will come from who you are. Yeah. You'll know what you want when you know who you are. And knowing who you are is a lifelong process. I thought I wanted and to be changes. in business for 11 years. I kept putting out the programs, kept doing this, I was coaching, coaching. And it's like, you're allowed to change your mind. If you don't outgrow yourself and the things that you're doing, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's okay to change your mind. It, it, it can look so drastic on the outside, but mm-hmm. I have a lot of former clients coming to me and they're like, boss, we always knew you were going to like move into the acting and the performance. Like, mm-hmm. we know you love performing. I love performing. I love writing. I love writing the comedy. It's so yeah. cathartic. I'm spending this. And here's how I know, Kelsey, that I'm on the right track. I have blocked out, you know, three hours today, two hours tomorrow to just work on my one woman show, zero resistance. I have zero, zero resistance. resistance. That's around so that. true. Like, yes. We're going to have the coffee. We're going to sit on the couch. We're going to have our little imaginary fireplace on our YouTube flat screen. <laughs> I get it. I get all into it. And I, that's how I know I have yeah. zero resistance around that. And I'm not saying resistance is, is a, oh, you know, resistance is bad. That's a normal part of creativity. Mm-hmm. But I know for me as a generator, you know, and as someone who is quite stubborn, if I don't want to do something, I will not do it. And the right. fact that I am sitting down and doing this tells me that. And that's what I want people to hear is like, pay attention to what you naturally gravitate towards. Totally. It's, it's all the personal development, one-on-one stuff that I think we, we don't, we need to take that a little bit more seriously. It, I know it seems so simple, like follow your bliss. No, but really follow your bliss. Yeah. And if you don't know what your bliss is, let yourself get curious and try everything. And Do here's the, the thing, getting yeah. curious is so fun. Like yeah. when you really start to think about, oh my gosh, who am I? What mm-hmm. makes me feel fulfilled? What makes me feel peaceful? What makes me feel joy? It's super fun to experiment. It's super fun. Why Why would you deprive yourself of that? Why would you do it just once? Like I started taking hip hop dance classes privately. Then I started doing them in a group, started playing tennis, then joined two tennis leagues. You don't, I mean, and you don't always have to look that far to figure it out. Go back to childhood. And let's just say you didn't have the kind of childhood where the adults in your ni- life nurtured hobbies, sports, create, you know, cre- you know, arts, anything. So you didn't have that. You get to, you get to choose now. Yeah. Ooh, what's something that I've always wanted to do? Yeah. What just ask yourself, get curious, ask yourself a better question rather than saying to yourself, I, I was on this um, women's networking group right before this Kelsey. And this one woman was like, Oh, I'm trying to learn painting, but I'm not a very creative person. And I obviously did not say this because she did not ask for my unsolicited advice. But I thought to myself, why would you say to yourself, I'm not a creative person? Why would you say that? And I was, I was brainstorming with a girlfriend yesterday about her business. Every suggestion I gave her, no, but we can't do that. No, but I can't do that. And I said to her girl in the beginning phases of creativity, when you're just 
getting it out of you. Stop with the no, but say yes. And, or it's like, you cannot do that. She was like, you're yelling at me. I go, no, I'm not yelling at you. I'm kind of am, but I'm also (laughs) like, I'm being, I, I want you to just notice how damaging that is to your inner child, how damaging that is to your creative spirit to say, no, but that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Stop being your cynical ass parent to yourself. Stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just talk it out. Talk it out. The answers will come. Vasavi, this has been such a great conversation. I feel like it was drinking from a fire hose of just spiritual download, like wisdom. This is so freaking great. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I, um, I know we had to reschedule and all that stuff because I was like, forgot that it was it an worked interview. Out. It worked out better because now we had more time and more space to actually have the conversation that was supposed to come out. So I'm, I'm perfectly grateful. This is great. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you and support you? Well, I've been, uh, I just came out with something fun and free for people. If you like the sound of my voice in your ears, if you go to uh, vasavikumar.com. Um, this is exclusive for all email, email subscribers. I do something called voice notes with Vasavi, where I send Cute. daily-ish, daily-ish. I am not committing to daily because that does not feel good for me. Everyone. Yeah. Daily-ish could mean twice a week. You'd be lucky if it's twice a week, but I send voice notes in my email because, Hey, here's something for all you business owners out there. I fucking hate writing emails. Mm -hmm. I hate it more than anything. So I decided to take out my phone and do voice memos of what I wanted to say to my audience, to my email subscribers. And I, that's my email now. Honestly, not even joking. That is one of the things that I teach in my copywriting class for anybody who hates writing because yeah, you have to, you have to get your communication out. However, it feels best for you. And that is totally okay. If it's a voice memo, you're still writing. You're still creating, right? You're still sharing words. I'm still connecting with you. I'm still talking to you. It's, it's very aligned with who I am and my brand. I'm just called say it out loud, Vasavi with the book, the podcast, voice notes with Vasavi. So that I would love for your um, audience, because I know there's a synergy between us, Kelsey. I'm sure people in your audience, if they, if y'all relate to anything that I said, um, sign up for voice notes with Vasavi. Also, I love Instagram. So um, my handle on Instagram is my name is Vasavi. Love it. And we will put all of this in the show notes. So you guys don't miss out. I know I'm going to sign up for voice notes with philosophy. Oh, you can't <laughs> hear my voice. I'm taking a voiceover class. I want to learn how to talk really sultry because there are a lot of those sexy audiobooks out there. What do you think? Would this turn you oh on? Oh my God. Me? That would be so fun. That would Wait. be such a fun, like alter ego, hilarious yeah. way to I'm like not- tap into that part of yourself. How funny. I actually just uploaded an audition for a romantic um, audiobook, and I had to say some pretty, hey. pretty freaky things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get down like that. You don't know that. So, that doesn't surprise me in the least. I love it. You are fully confident in every area, and it is easy to feel, and it is so great to be in that presence. So, I just want, I, I know you got to end this conversation. I'm really sorry. I want to say one thing to your, another thing to your audience. Please. You just said, possibly you're, you know, confidence and um, confident in all, in, in all the areas. And I want to share this. I'm also highly insecure. Mm. And this is what and. I want to say to your audience. Both can exist. I am confident in that. I am confident in my ability to be able to do the thing that I set out to do. And with that confidence, I have my moments of insecurity. Am yeah. I fucking crazy from walking away from all this coaching income? Am I crazy for writing a comedy show? Am I, am I, who am I to act? I'm like, they're not, you know, 
you know, people don't look like me out there and win Oscars and are in huge movies, all the voices. And yet I am still confident in my dream. I am confident in my ability to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I have the insecurity and I do not let the insecurity win over me. I just talk to my insecurity and I say, we're going to be okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Both can exist. Both can exist. Yes. And which is the first thing you learn in acting class. <laughs> yeah, you know it. You know it. Now I'll shut up. We're done. Thank you guys so much for being here with Vasavi and myself on Find Your Magic. Go out there, find some magic of your own. Take care. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.